You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Great Pets is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital in Durham, New Hampshire. And it is a gorgeous day. And it is just, this is the time of year where we just say, you know what, there is a reason we live here. Although for all of my skiing enthusiasts would say, oh, skiing is coming to an end. Coming to an end. I know. Uh, joining me this morning, that lovely voice, is uh, none other than one of my favorite people and a terrific dog trainer. Uh, Thank you. Author, uh, Brian's wife, uh, Sarah Wilson. Thank you very much. Great so, to be here. Can't wait, as always. So much fun. It is. Lots of fun. But um, it, it is beautiful, so get out, enjoy your dogs. And, you know, one of the things I, I notice when I walk, when I drive in, is that lots of people are out walking their dogs now. Yeah. And I don't know if it's me. I don't know if, I, if this is something that I've just, you know, happened to notice. But I'm just seeing so many dogs walk on a leash with their owners at such a nice yes. heel. Yeah, they really, it, it is. It's lovely. Uh, but, I, but I don't know if it's, pe- more people are taking training classes, you know. <laughs> Whatever it is, we like it. Congratulations. I, We're proud of you. I Each know. and every one. We're proud of you. I know it. You know, I have a brother who's a civil engineer, and every time he'll drive, he lives in Alaska, and he'll, mm. go, he'll, he'll see a bridge. And he'll literally have to pull over the side of the road and just marvel at a bridge. bridge. Right? It's his thing. That's his thing. Right. To me, you know, I'm pulling over on the side of the road and I'm just saying, you know, my kids are with me. I'm like, look at that. That's beautiful. Look We're at, so proud. Yeah. Look at how happy that dog's wagging and the, when, the, when the person stopped, the dog stopped and sat down. Just yeah. nice stuff. They're working as a team. I know. And the dog has so much more freedom because who wants to walk a dog that's dragging you around? Nobody. So when they walk nicely, they get more freedom. Their life is better. Your life is better. It's all good. All good. And they're smiling. Yep. Speaking of smiling, I had a guy yesterday ask me, um, he says, do you ever get bit? And I thought, and at first I said, wow, people don't, haven't been asked that quite some time. And I really have not been bit as of late. And I grabbed the first piece of wood that I could get to knock on. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, do you ever get hit? Well, I'm not that rude. No, yeah. I don't get hit a lot. No, you don't get bit a lot because you're really good. Well, but I thought about it. And the first thing that came to my mind is, yes, I have been bit a couple of times. The point of this is to how to introduce yourself to a dog. And, you know, a lot of times when I'll meet a dog for the first time, mm-hmm. I walk into that exam room and I am not like racing up yeah. to this dog saying, oh, get right. over here, you know, regardless of I the like size. you. You're cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same rule as we have greeting people. You don't just run up to somebody in the street going, you're adorable and yeah. try to touch them. Oh you walk God. up at a polite distance. You act like a sane person, and you see if they want to interact with you. I don't reach in at animals. I let no. them come to me whenever possible. That's the key, yep. is let them come to you. Yes. So if you're, walking to, if you're meeting a dog, uh, first of all, I think that the correct thing to do would be to ask the person first, can I touch, can I pet your dog, right? Yes. 
Well, that's the first thing, but then you have to believe the dog. Ask the person first, but believe the dog. <laughs> but but a, but a lot of people don't. They just have. They just feel because it's a dog and it's right. considered property, and they can just oh, go right I, up and, and. I don't think it's that. I think they love dogs, and they think it's so cute, and yep. their love brings them forward without them really thinking. Am I? Could I be frightening this dog? Even though I think the dog's cute, could I be frightening this dog? And it would be just like being five years old and having some adult running at you, going, "You look just right. like my friend Betty," and yes. grabbing you. You'd be like, "Ah!" I, 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 I spoke to a person who recently took their dog to a uh, eating and drinking establishment in New Hampshire. I like eating and drinks. Which, we have special establishments. Yeah, Other places and, call them restaurants, but we have eating and drinking establishments. Yes, and and uh, <laughs> and the owner or the, or the right. manager said, as long as your dog doesn't bark or your dog doesn't, you know, relieve himself or herself, right. that they are more than welcome to come in. Aww. But and throughout the, their time there, there was so many people that came over that said hello, mm -hmm. that after a while, you know, it, the poor dog was kind of like, okay, yeah. A, I've had enough, yeah. but B, it was, you know, just like not enjoying it anymore. Yeah, you know? starting to shake. Yeah, and like, okay, give me some space. Well, and watch for signs. Signs that your dog's had enough. If they can, they'll get up and walk away. But if they're stuck at like a table in that situation, they might lie down with their head facing under the table, put their butt out to people. And that's just, just like us. If you turn away, you're like, that's it. I'm done. Yes. Dogs have very similar uh, signals once we start to think that way. You got it. And so, you know, when I meet a dog for the first time, I would ask a person, can I say hello? And if right. they do, they do, great. And a lot of times it's a lot better if the people can approach you. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that easier for a dog? Much. It allow, and also easier for you because you can see how the dog's feeling. If I, uh, can I say, can I greet your dog? They say yes. Then I squat down my side to the dog, two or three feet away, and I say something friendly. And if the dog wants to interact, the dog comes over. And if the dog doesn't feel like it, that's fine with me. Let me talk about that because that's a, that's a key one right there. Yep. I squat down my side to the dog. For those listeners... Yep. This is the way it looks. Think of Sarah <laughs> as a catcher where she, <laughs> in a go. baseball game. A sports analogy. I'm shocked. Right. And, then, and then what happens is, but she turns to the side. So right. her shoulder is actually pointing. So suddenly you, you go from this five foot yeah. five figure. I'm sorry, 5'11", baby. Well, 5'11". <laughs> <laughs> okay. And a half, maybe. But suddenly you are less, you know. Intimidating. You're less yeah. intimidating. And there's nothing wrong with being less intimidating. There isn't. Hey, our number this morning here is 1-888-441-9876. If you have questions about the health and behavior of your pets, give us a call. We'd love to uh, help you. And now uh, we have some time-proven advice on my left. And anything I can help you, I will do as well. So this is Dr. Jim, and we'll be back. Hey, boy, how you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your Lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial Lifebook. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own lifebook for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. 
Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Hi, and welcome to The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week, we'll focus on different topics, child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So we hope that you will join us at The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. Sarah, I saw your leg going up and down to this song. He doesn't play this at home, does he? No. Okay. Fine. I'm just rocking this morning. Oh, I know, it's it's great. spring out. It's beautiful. I know. Like, you know, uh, you're happy. Oh gosh, uh, when we Brian and I have been doing the show now for uh, two years plus, but when we first did it, I had a lot of songs. You know, Sweet Caroline, all these words, right. and I'd see his eyes kind of go up. <laughs> so, anyways, he uh, he had some new music which we love. So, anyways, this is Great Pets Radio, Doctor Jim with Sarah Wilson. Our number is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six, and. Um, you know, a couple of things I want to talk about with you, Sarah, is um, we are getting into the season now of where everybody comes into the veterinary hospital and they are looking for flea and tick prevention. You bet. And they are looking for heartworm products. Yep. And this is the time of year. Now, there's lots of lots of things going on, a lot of people talking, a lot of yes. smart people are talking. And the, the concepts that I've been reading as much as I can about is, one... Um, is there a resistance to flea and, and tick products yeah. that we're using? Yep. Well, and it almost inevitably happens. It's happening with these um, infections people are getting, too, that even the best antibiotics and the best flea and tick medications kill 99.99%. Well, guess what? That 0.01% that survives, they breed, and yep. they breed, and they breed, and they get increasingly resistant to that one thing and at first it's not a big deal it's taken decades for it to build but now we're seeing it i'm not well, surprised the if you um if you google dr dryden d-r-y-d-e-n they are they call him dr flea yeah. um he is from kansas state university i actually attended one of his um conferences uh, it was only it was a small group of eight people and and it was a really good day Anyways, brilliant individual. He is the man. So he has come out recently and he said, because I've got to tell you, I have thought this as well. Right. You know, when you don't have multiple, the reason why there's not resistance with the, the tick products is mm-hmm. because there's multiple hosts along the way. Oh, interesting. You know, we have, okay, a, we have, right. a, we have birds, now deer. We're going to talk about lambs a little bit, okay. but there's birds are now vectors, turkeys. Mice, right. Mice, right. deer. So, so... You know that the tick is bouncing around to the tip, but with fleas, it's it's one product. So you would think there's probably going to be resistance, and I think there will be eventually. Okay. All right. But he's coming out and he's saying that there is not, there oh. is not resistance. But in my own exam rooms, I've had people come in and they look at me and they say, I know well, we have fleas, and it's like why? We're using with the product that you like. 
And they're the, using it consistently at the right timing? Oh, yeah. That's there. Uh, no, you're asking the good questions. Go, yeah. So for those people that think, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try a lot of different stuff mm -hmm. or I'm going to change, don't. This is what he says. He says, what clients are most likely seeing are new fleas from the environment opposed to fleas surviving after proper spot on application. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I have investigated homes by, and I'm, he told us this story too, I have investigated homes that by owner description sound like there could be a resistance problem, but found when I looked closer, there was always a reason for the failure. None was ever resistance. So his contention is a lot of it was human error. Well, and also people often think that these products are, are repellents. They're not. The flea must bite your dog in order to die. Well, and... In some of these anyway. And, and the other things, they are not 100%. Right. So as you as you go along during the month, you lose your efficacy. Right. So you will go from, and they all have their different things. You know, right, eight, but it eight, goes from 90-something to... Yeah, after three weeks, it's 82%, and I'm right. throwing out just right. hypothetical numbers. So at the end of the month, <laughs> right, you, got may, you right. may have 8% right. less, and one flea lays 40 eggs a day. So what do you do? I mean, do right. you reapply? Do you... Um, so there's, there's lots of questions for us. What do you think about Capstar? I, I love Capstar. Capstar is a product that you get through your veterinarian. And what it, the difference with Capstar opposed to the flea and tick, and by the way, um, not to jump topics, which right. I do a lot, but the EPA right now is, is about to come up with some significant announcements in terms of the, those flea and tick products that are causing problems. Okay, good. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, okay. a lot of them is pyrethrin-based products, but there have been dogs who have been seizuring. Right. There are dogs who have died from some of the stuff. And uh, so I do not sell the pyrethrin-based product. Okay. We'd use something called Frontline. Yep. That's what we use, too. Have used it for years. Yeah. But, you know, this is, it, and it's just a matter of time, I think, before a lot of that stuff does become resistant with fleas. But I don't, he's saying we're not seeing it. Okay. Well, that's good news for us right now. Right now. Now, Capstar. Good question. Love it. What it is, is Capstar is a pill. Very inexpensive. Maybe three bucks. And safe from everything I've seen. Yep. Yep. I mean, if you were to bring your pet to me in the animal hospital and I would have to hospitalize for a short period of time, mm -hmm. guess what I'm using? Yeah. Capstar. Capstar. Because it works so fast. Well, and it kills the fleas on the dog. So I've used it for bringing in rescues and yes. fosters in the car when I'm driving home. I give the dog Capstar when I pick it up, and then by the time it gets to my house, it's already started to kill the fleas on it. It won't kill the fleas in your environment or future fleas. It is but the it's ultimate. Very good. And yeah. for those people in this ATM desired society, it is yeah. the ultimate ATM effect. I yeah. mean, you just boom. It's like. Bleach. You knocked them out. They're gonzo. They're gonzo. But the ones in the house will then breed and come back. But it's a it. good. Uh, it's another good tool in your arsenal. You know, that's a great point. And there's another way to attack this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can attack it with the front line, mm -hmm. which or some of those products. Right. They're a little pricey too. Yeah. I mean, they're about. Yeah, tell me about it. About fifteen dollars <laughs> an application now. Right. And multiple dogs. It adds up. Yeah. But another way to do it is you can use part of your heartworm prevention could be a pill called Sentinel. Okay. And Sentinel has a compound in it called Lufenuron. Mm -hmm. And Lufenuron, what it does is it doesn't kill one flea. So it, when people hear that, they're like, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. But what it does do is, it, it think of it this way, it provides birth control for the flea. Right, okay. So, so believe it or not, a flea skeleton is made of something called chitin. Right. That's, the chitin is uh, a lobster shell. Yeah. Right. So the product Lufenuron, which is now in with the interceptor pill called mm -hmm. Sentinel, um, actually blocks chitin. So no new fleas can develop. So what happens is, kind of a maybe morbid 
the thing that happens. But basically, the, these eggs hatch. Well, they can't hatch because they don't have the skeletal right. the skeleton. So they just They're dry little. up. So it's so it's birth control for the flea. So I love it. There you go. Oh yeah. It's, but so here's the thing. Now, if a flea's going to live four to six weeks, right? What right. are you going to do for four to six weeks? Just wait wait for the, the them right. to die off. I mean, that's... Natural know. selection, right? Yeah, so Unnatural you selection. can buy more Frontline mm -hmm. or some other kind of Advantix or some product that's going to get you along the way. Or you can incorporate, as you said, mm -hmm. Capstar. And Capstar, I've used every three days with some people. Oh, really? For about six weeks. Okay. So there is a study... See, learn something new every time I, I come on this show. There's a study that's put out... Well, you always have to look where the study is coming from. Right. And in this case, it came from... Um, the makers of Capstar, and that, oh, there you that go. is fine. They went to Australia. Mm -hmm. The northern, you know, Australia is a kind of a great place because it's it, there's like along the coast is all these people, and then inland, nothing, nothing, right? <laughs> but as you travel north, they, there's a lot of flea problems up there. So they did this study where they used Capstar every three days mm -hmm. with the Sentinel, mm -hmm. uh, and they compared it to the topical, a topical thing, and they found that it, it was better and it won. So, oh, interesting. So another way to attack it would be, now, this right. is what I would do, is to say, okay, let's try this approach. You know? Right. Yeah. Fascinating. I Always know. more to learn. Well, you know, it, it, it's an art as much as a science sometimes, but it is a good product. It's very safe. But the big thing that we have to remember with Capstar, and talk to your veterinarian about it, is it doesn't have any residual. You give it to them, a few hours later, they'll kill the fleas, and then they're done because the done. flea can right. jump right back on again. Yep. If it's yeah. in the environment, then you've got to do something else. And that's what, that's what he's saying. He's saying basically there's no resistance. So those people that are using it, a couple things, as Sarah mentioned, at the end of the month, it's not 100%. Yep. N it, no product is. Yep. And, and uh, it just, it's going to take time. So the question becomes, well, do we give more of it? Do I give a stronger dose of it? Do I give it more often? And then you start getting into off-label use. Right. But I can tell you that a lot of people have given it more frequently than you know, perhaps every four weeks. Maybe they've gone every three weeks successfully. What do you think about um, dealing with the environment? I mean, if it's in the house, do you ever still bomb the house? We used to bomb the houses. Yeah, yeah. Like and that it, doesn't actually mean, by the way, for people who don't know what this is, we don't mean bomb blow up. It's um, an insecticide spray which kills the uh, bugs in the environment. Yeah, with a ticking noise and there's a little alarm. Oh, stop it. This is how rumors get started. <laughs> Sarah Wilson said to bomb our house. <laughs> no. You'll be getting blogs all over your <laughs> website on that. Uh, this is Dr. Jim. Our number is 1-888-441-9876. We are live at Great Pets Radio. We'll be back. We're going to talk a little bit about some ticks, and then we're going to get into some good behavior questions that I have for Sarah Wilson. Excellent. We'll Bring it on. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. 
That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan with Sarah Wilson. That song was just getting good. I know. 1-888-441-9876. Sarah, you had a great question that you mentioned before, right before we were going to break. You talked about treating the environment. Yes. A good idea. Well, if that's where the infestation is. They used to always say years ago, treat the pet, mm-hmm. treat the other pets, and treat the environment. Right. And one of the way you can treat, ways you can treat the environment is what you call bombing. Yes. And for those people who aren't familiar with the term, basically... Take the, have the husband or the wife take the kids to the movies yeah. <laughs> for a few hours, and you can let off these spray, can. spray cans that will just basically you know, permeate the, your house with a compound that will help. See, there's so many different parts of a flea. You have, a, you have the eggs, mm-hmm. you have the larval form, you have the, like a juvenile pupil state. It's all disgusting. In the pupil state, that's when they'll, they'll wrap up like a, like a cocoon, and Ew. nothing touches it then. So they're going to live in carpets. They're going to live in um, hardwood floor in the seams. Right. And, you know, et cetera. In so their th- bedding. And then you have... In the- your bed, in your car. Yeah. Yeah, there are all kinds of... Places. I know. And I was reading a lot about this. And interestingly enough, too, um, I thought of you on this mm-hmm. one, that they were, when they found a high flea infestation with the dog, what they would do is they, some people were taking the dog and quarantining the dog to a certain place in the house. Right. Okay. Which becomes... A the hot, central, yeah. You got it. It became a hotbed for fleas later on. Of course. So the poor infant that then became, you know, the infant's right. room where the dog was harboring all of these oh. fleas was getting bit. Oh. Exactly. That's lousy. I know it. But, uh, so we can do bombing, but, you know, I mentioned that product called Sentinel, and I feel like I'm giving them a lot of press today, and, and they If it, it works, then they get press. Yeah. Um, the Sentinel product has actually kind of removed the need for the bombing. Oh, that's nice, because then you have to come in, wash all, everything, everything. Yeah. I've never done it, but I've, I've read about it. It's not fun. No. It really isn't fun. No. Especially when you have them and they bite you in the ankles. And I got to tell you something, folks. If, you get, if you're getting bit by fleas in the ankles, on you, your ankles... You've got a problem. You got a lot of fleas. Yeah. Because they, they're going to spend 99% of their time on the pet... And when it's, think of it like Manhattan. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where, you know, there, there's like not enough place to cohabitate, so they'll jump off and they'll jump on whatever's closest. What's closest? Your ankle. Your ankle. Yeah. Anyways. Not good. So little bites that show up around your ankles can be fleas. Yes. Absolutely. And so you won't always see them because they hop. It, it, that's right. People always say, who oh, doesn't have fleas? Right. I'll, I'll see them. A lot of times you won't. Nope. And when, if you are going to look, look at the tail base. Look at, right at the back, you know, from the dog's. Yep. Well, how best describe? Maybe five or six inches in front of the the, tail. Yeah. Because that's where they run around. And a lot of times, if you expose them, do you know what they do? They go scurrying underneath and they'll hide from you. Yep. So just take a, you can get a flea comb at Pet Quarters, Petco, any store. Whatever. Put it, 
take it, comb the back so it's on like a bounty paper towel. Yep. And it looks like pepper. Yep, it looks like dirt or pepper. But if you get yeah. it wet and it, smear it, it's blood. It turns red because it's, blood. it's the poop of the flea. Flea Lovely. Poop, all of this just gets so disgusting. So better just to avoid it and yes. treat, the, treat the animal. And use it. So it takes us into our next topic, oh, which is ticks. Flea poop? Ticks. Ew. Ooh is right. And Hate it, ticks. And I, I think as, as you came in this morning off air, you were looking at an article that I brought in about how prevalent Lyme's disease has become and how yeah. it's spreading. All 50 states. Now have limes. Yep. And this is amazing. This was a disease that, you know, many in the beginning years, and I say beginning years, and I graduated 96 from Tufts, mm -hmm. thought that this was a disease that didn't exist. Right. It was a disease that was formed because the vaccine we were giving created it. Really? Sure. That's what, that was the thought, you know. It was a very powerful vaccine that came out. It wasn't this, like, little antigen coat. It was a whole Borrelia of Oh, I remember, because a lot of dogs got, got sick from it. But the vaccine was created because the disease was a problem. <laughs> they, well, that's well, a good question. Well, okay. But the vaccine, actually, this first vaccine came out without no peer, without any peer review. Right. Came to market, and there was definitely discernibly some dogs that, once you gave that vaccine, they became lame. Right. So there were some in the profession that said, Lyme's does not exist. Oh, heaven's sakes. Yes, and now we know differently. Yeah, we sure do. So it was, there's lots that we're learning about it, but it is spreading. And it's spreading a lot. It's spreading to... Even Alaska is on there, for God's sakes. Right. Well, we travel with our pets, and if the pets have Lyme, some dogs are never symptomatic. Yeah. What do you feel these days? With so much testing, dogs are coming up positive. Do you always treat a positive? No. Okay. No, I don't. But, you know, the same Dr. Dryden, who you mm -hmm. can Google and learn about, he flew out, and they took eight of us to a little conference, and, um, and we talked Lyme's for about three hours. Wow. Yeah, and it was very fascinating. One of the things that we're going to have this year is our first snow came in December. Right. Which means it provided a beautiful insulation for ticks. Snow provides insulation you for ticks? You got it. Oh, that's so bad if, news. If, if, right, so it's going to be a bad tick year. I can tell you that already. They have about a two-year cycle from when they're, when they're hatched, you know. So, yeah. so here we are. So if you get a nice blanket of snow in December, which we got, that stays around for a while which it did. And it did the year before, too. Then what it does is it gives a nice blanket, nice insulating blanket, and then suddenly when it becomes warmer out, these little things are moving like crazy. Well, I've also wondered that our control of forest fires, which used to go through on a regular basis, doesn't allow for the tick population to expand in a way that it would have been knocked down in the past yep. with natural burn cycles. And, and uh, we talked earlier, the amount of the, the vectors, the, you know, we used to think it was the white-footed deer mouse. That's what I learned. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's everything. Yeah, and you know what's big now? Turkeys. Turkeys. Do you have turkeys out where you are? We do have turkeys. Yeah. So turkeys are now carrying them. So birds will carry it. Wow. I mean, I'm not saying they have it. Right. But what they do is they become a vector for it. So and what does that mean for people who don't understand oh, vector? Oh, sorry. A vector means they become part of the, tra the, kind of the process of transmitting it. In other right. words, they'll carry it. They're a carrier. And then it. another tick bites them and gets it from the turkey? You, you got it. And it moves her. So it's so, so the whole thing... So, so it, you know, birds. Right. Um, and that's how it's getting to these places. Right. You know, it's not like, you know, the white-footed deer mouse is getting on Amtrak and going out to Minnesota. <laughs> right. But birds are moving around and people are moving the dogs around. You got it. Now, something we've saw, seen on our website at MySmartPuppy.com is that multiple dogs are coming in with housebreaking problems as a sign of... Uh, some kind of tick-borne problem, and I've seen that myself, and now we're on the lookout for it. It's more common than I had thought. Well, yes. Mm, yes. Mean, you know, Sarah, you, it's, this is good. It's, it's kind of like thyroid disease, where thyroid disease has been linked to 
so many different right, things. Right, right. It's a great mimic, right? Yeah, and and truthfully, it does cause megasophagus in dogs, and mm-hmm. it can cause a neuropathy, and it can cause ob- obesity and all this stuff. Hypothyroidism. Hypothyroid right. in dogs. But now we're, we're seeing all of these things that are being linked to Lyme's, and is it possible? And the answer is yes. Yeah. You know, you had a great question. We're now testing like crazy. When you bring your dog in, we're testing to see if they have Lyme's. Um, the conference I went to, everybody's doing it a little bit differently. Oh. You know, months back, the Attorney General, and I believe I, it was in Connecticut, I, I, might, I was wrong, I, but it was in one of the local states, almost came out and wanted to mandate to the, uh, mm-hmm. the physician community to kind of get a boiling plate, mm-hmm. get it down, get it so that it, we're treating it uniformly, yeah. but we just don't know enough about it. And it's very frustrating for a lot of us. Well, it's amazing with a disease now that's been out for 20 years, 30 years. I guess that's relatively new still for disease. You know, I learned a lot on that. And I, I, I learned a lot I'm doing right. And I learned some things I could do differently, mm-hmm. too. But one of the things that was presented to me was their feeling. They being, you know, there's a very lot of smart vets at mm-hmm. this conference I went to. In addition to Dr. Dryden, who was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He really is. I mean, just an amazing cool. guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'll find a, a lot of people were very loose with the doxycycline it's like you know what what do you got to lose just get put them on doxy right and don't we want that as people i mean if you right isn't that the way to go just throw everything doxycycline just because it will kill it well it kills it now i don't know that's that's you know what i don't know do i do that no i don't okay but um guess what did this week okay why I had this l- very lame dog that mm-hmm. was just, it was just not responding to, uh, it, it, clearly a disc. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're talking about dogs who are having, um, you know, some soiling episodes mm-hmm. in the house. You think about the position that they have to get in. Mm-hmm. So can limes contribute to the soreness of them trying to get into that position? Mm-hmm. I think it can. But this particular dog, when I pushed down in a certain area, I thought it was a disc, x-ray is normal. But this dog just did not seem to respond to our conventional non-steroidals, mm-hmm. our, our dog aspirins. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to try it. Right, and? And sure enough, this dog's gotten better. So, so now I'm going back and I'm thinking, geez, you know. But I am not one to espouse the, the concept of doxycycline is cheap. Let's put everything on doxycycline. No, I got to have clinical signs. Okay. Because when you t- do the tests that you just mentioned right. and they come up positive, that to me is not enough to say you should be on antibiotics for 30 days. Hmm. Was but out of curiosity, was the disc at the thoracic uh, thoracic lumbar junction no. point? No, it was further back. Okay, because I know that I an acupuncture doctor had told me once that yep. that thoracic lumbar junction, right where the ribs meet the back, um, is one of those points where they can get sore in Lyme. Yes. So you know, it's uh, the sad part is we just don't have an, know enough about it. Right. But what what I can share with people is this: um, if your dog is not positive, I am one to say, and I'm. You know, there are many smart people, mm-hmm. smarter than me, perhaps in the profession, who do not vaccinate, but mm-hmm. I am one that does. Okay. Um, there was one fellow at the conference I went to who said his practice is limes free. How is that possible? Exactly. I looked over and I said, you have got to be kidding me. Right. It was a guy from Rhode Island. No what, way. Yeah. What he has done is he has, uh, there, there was like a, they believe now that, and this is off-label use mm-hmm. as well, but they believe there's a seventh-month window, six or seven months, where the dog would need the vaccine at that time, and then they're, you know, you're off and running. So three vaccines in the beginning instead of two. Oh, wow. Lime's free. Wow. Yeah, it was fascinating. So, anyways, we're going to come back after break, and I want to get into some pet behavior 
issues that I've experienced and that Sarah can help us with. I'll do my best. We'll be back after this break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Sarah Wilson. Sarah, did you know that 70% of all dogs and cats eat crumbs off the floor? Only that, well, then 30% are lying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Half the cats press their nose against windows. Who does this research? And 23% of of cats and 16% of dogs partake in the dubious little pleasure of drinking from the toilet. This is... uh, who Where am I going with numbers? this? Where are you going and why? It's so many more. Of course they press their nose against the window. Who cares? Because right now there is some considerable concern about household toxins. So, so if medic- you use some kind of spray on your window and then your cat presses against it? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't we have found this problem a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Isn't it funny though? So they must have got a hundred, you know, they got a hundred cats and they said, okay, we're going to watch them for three days and, you know, write down the ones that drink out of the toilet. Yeah. Well. It's out there. There you go. Hey, um, I have a couple of questions for you. I know that this is a time of year that a lot of people want to get puppies and I've had a lot of people getting two at the same time. Yes. And I know I've heard from people who smart and know their stuff say not a good idea, but it can be an okay idea as long as you do it right, correct? 
absolutely right. You can have two puppies at the same time, but it is more than twice the work at first because people get the puppies because they want them to be attached to each other and have playmates. But the problem is they get attached to each other and they have playmates. And um, what happens is we call the syndrome um, one brain, eight legs, um, that the dogs can't function separately. They don't have the same attachment to the owner. They can get themselves into trouble. They can get into bad habits. So you really need to um, take them out separately, socialize them separately, train them separately, go to separate puppy classes, all that stuff so that they become their own individual with a good friend and not a neurotic attachment where they freak out um, and become really, really upset if they're separated and really don't attach to you the same way. But it, you know, it, it, it can work. It can work, yeah. With but some extra work up front, it can work. So do you discourage or do you just try to educate to say, look, not the best idea, but if you do it, it can work? If they have not yet gotten the dog... I discourage okay. and tell them absolutely I'm a multiple dog owner love it but do it serially not at the same time sort of like dating um, if they have two puppies then I'm all into let's make it work in, to the best and, possible degree and the next question is what age is appropriate a lot of people think they'll come in and they'll say well geez he's getting to be 9 or 10 is now the time to get a new dog is there a good time to add another dog to the house the right time is when it's right for you and, yeah. and for the dog. If the dog is ill, then that can be a hard time. Or simply adopt an older dog who won't harass them the same way. If he's just getting a little, slowing down a little bit, a puppy can add a lot of youthful fun. Yes. So it's just a matter of balancing it and matching it for your home. But a puppy can also provide a lot of kind of chaos because I've absolutely I've seen these poor, you know they'll come in they'll tell me stories how you know they're getting jumped or you know yeah. humped and the, the dog's like hey right yeah this hurts this isn't any fun yeah. yeah you have my rule is that if one dog in the household says quit then that dog has to quit and I'll come in and stand in front and block or call away or whatever I don't just let the puppy harass 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 that's not okay. Any yeah. more than you'd let a child harass, you know, Grandpa Jim. <laughs> you know, go away, kid. Nah, nah, nah. I want to tick you. So help me with this, then. Yes. So, obviously, you have, you know, let's say you have Rover. and You've had Rover for six yeah. years. Rover's, right. Rover's the dog. Yes. Then you bring in a new dog, whether yes. it's, albeit a puppy or a little bit older. Right. Are you supposed to pay more attention to the older one? Does the older dog, you know, some people have said, feed the older one first. Pay, don't pay attention to the, to the young one when you come home. Uh, you need to feed the hierarchy. But eventually, that hierarchy is going to change, Sarah, isn't it, with the younger dog? What you do is feed and support the hierarchy that the dogs determine. You don't get to choose it. And that can be really hard for people because their first beloved dog maybe is aging and now their young two-year-old dog has really, you know, is head of household. And that's just uh, how that is. And the best thing you can do is support it because if you try to change it, you can actually make the other dog a target well, for aggression. But let's, here's, a, here's a question for you. Let's say that the uh, two-year-old is humping the older one. How do you, what, so what signals would there be to say, you know, the, the younger one is now becoming the dominant dog in the house? Well, number one, he's humping the older one. But um, that to me is a, if I tell you to knock it off, I need you to knock it off. And if, it, and if the dog doesn't knock it off, then I say, great, now I have a chance to work around distraction. This is obviously a big distraction for my younger dog. If the older dog is spinning around, snapping, telling him to knock it off, I will intervene. And I generally interrupt, you know, round robin humping because I just find it annoying, but that's my own thing. Does the, the does the dominant dog ever do the humping or is it always the kind of the, the well, one? Well, dominant 
you know, leadership in the house can shift around a lot. Humping can be for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. It can be a puppy who gets overly excited. He can just be bored sometimes if um, an adult dog has an infection in the rear. Uh, females can have a vaginal infection. They can have uh, the anal glands can be infected, and that can stimulate humping. There are all kinds of things that can stimulate it. Uh, but I always look at how, what the dog's opinion of is it of, uh, what the dog's opinion is. If they're changing back and forth and nobody minds, then fine. But if one's trying to scoot away or spinning or trying to make it stop, then it's got to stop. Then it stops. Regardless of who's doing it to who. Don't care. Like it. Yeah, because in my, in my house, one animal tells them to stop, then it has got to stop. Because I just think that's fair, especially if your one dog is much older or much larger or smaller than another dog. They've just got to be respectful. Well, and I, I don't know why I keep going back to the humping thing. I don't want to be. <laughs> well, I don't want to be, and yet my mind but wanders. There, but Spring there, is in the air, apparently. There are other things <laughs> other than humping. I mean, yeah. there are, you know, like eye contact. Yeah. So what can people look for at home to say, you know what? Uh, oh, when things aren't okay. Yeah, when look things starting for, to change. Look for any time a dog is motionless and staring. Okay. Motionless and staring. If they're doing that out the window, they're probably looking at a squirrel or something. But if they're looking at another dog or a cat in your household and they're just standing there staring, that usually isn't good. That usually is a form of threat. And so the dog is, is threatening the other dog. And often the other dog Fun. will look. Just They won't growl nothing. They're just standing there staring. Just like if I was in a party and I stood there and stared at you and didn't move, you'd be like, what, what, what? Right. What? But it could be coming from above or below. In other words, Absolutely. It, it, okay. It can be coming from a distance. Okay. You know, it could just be... But when I mean above, above and below, I mean it could be coming from the dominant or it can be coming from the oh. subservient. Oh, that's one. Oh, no, no. It doesn't. No? That, that is something... We're, Dominance and subservience is, isn't simply black and white. Dogs can be assertive or leadership or whatever you want to call it in different situations. But any situation where one dog has stopped facing the other animal, staring and motionless, that is a threat. Now, that could be a threat. Um, a dog who would normally cede space or whatever to one dog might threaten over a toy, a rawhide, yeah, food. Right. You know, so I don't worry about who's going on in general i'm worried about what's happening at that moment and i might go wow i wouldn't have expected that but there it is so i'm going to interrupt that a staring dog i tell them leave it go leave it go right. and then i will use my body to block them and and have them do something else because i don't want to see what comes next <laughs> but that next thing does it's going to happen Regardless, isn't it, Sarah? I mean, it whether depends if it's triggered by a situation in an item. If it's triggered over a rawhide, then they don't get rawhides. If it's triggered over food, then that one gets fed in a crate or separately while I work on it. Um, if it's the relationship, if there's that much tension in the relationship, then I work on lowering the tension in the relationship. This is great advice because there's a lot of people out there who do own two dogs and they do the, the dynamic between the two dogs and a lot of us just get dogs like well I got another one he's got a friend I'm going to work yeah but if you pay attention to this it's really kind of fascinating you, well, you, you did a great show on, with um, NECN and you, you actually look like the telestrator, you know, yeah. from the football game. And you actually documented some of the aggressive behaviors. Yeah. It was fascinating. Threats and actions, yeah. What happens before what happens happens. The more yeah. you know, the less things will surprise you. When we come back from break, I want to ask you a little bit about a barking dog. Because there's a lot of people who just seem can't control the barking. <coughs> to the, to the <coughs> point where the, their landlords are threatening to evict them. Yes. And they're coming to me for advice. Happy to help. So this is Dr. Jim with Sarah Wilson. The number is 888-441-9876, and we'll be back. 
schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Sarah Wilson. Sarah, MySmartPuppy.com. MySmartPuppy.com. It's our 10th anniversary for our community, and we are so proud. So come by. Free advice. Free advice. Yeah, it's great. I give this site out daily. Um, Thank you. You can do cat behavior, too, with you guys, right? Yep. So just get on it. Check it out. It's a wonderful website. You can get a hold of Sarah through that website. Yep. Uh, This woman's got a lot of information to share. I, I know we have Kachiko waiting yep. on the line, but any tips for those excessive barkers that you can give people out there? Yeah, there are lots of reasons for barking, but the first thing I look at is how are their basics, i.e., how much exercise is this dog getting? What other things they have to do in their environment? Some great toys that dispense food. They need. They basically they need a hobby other than sitting out running off their mouth, just like anybody else who runs off their mouth. So they need other things to do. They need to be tired. They need to be mentally exercised, and then we work specifically on whatever the barking is: alarm barking, excitement barking, boredom barking, whatever. Okay, and if they do bark, do you give them something else to do? Is there a negative deterrent to say stop, or does it depend on the dog? It really depends on the situation. Sometimes I'll crate a dog for a while if they're getting stimulated at the windows, if it's happening when you're gone, but I really need to look at what's going on. There are all kinds of options. Okay, great. But again, uh, get a hold of Sarah, mysmartpuppy.com. It is free advice, and what's free these days? I think it's great to use that word, free. Thank you. Uh, Each week, we are joined by Karen Fogarty from Cachico Valley Humane Society, and we're going to be talking about her favorite pet of the week. We're going to try to get it adopted. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. What have we got today? Well, we have one that's been overlooked for a couple of months, so I thought I'd mention her. Um, her name is Cammy, and she's a chow cattle dog mix, um, two years old. She's a great dog. I think for her, she just needs a no-cat household, and she'd be perfect. A chattel. Chow cow dog, yeah. <laughs> she might prefer a cat household, but the cat might not. Somebody told me there's, a new, there's a new dog. It's a chihuahua and a pug, and they call him a chug. A chug. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so the the cat's the, the dog's name is Cammy. Yes. And you like it because it's very relaxed, right? Is that what you're saying? She is. She's um she does she's a very confident dog. She's very um she looks to you for direction all the time. Yep. She's gone through a six-week training course with us here, and she's amazing. She's done really well. Oh, terrific. And so she's ready to go as well. Pre-trained. Yeah. How yeah, nice is pre-trained. that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a guy who comes in here who sits in that seat who, yeah. who, who after the show, and I'm going to give him props because he's... I would give him props anyways, but he'll often go up there and start working with some dogs. Yep. I think it's terrific. So He's worked with Cammy actually. So. Did he? There you go. He's Kilcommon's trained. So yeah. if people want to get a hold of you or Cammy. Uh, your hours today? We're here till 4 today. And phone number? 749-5322. All right. And my last plug is cats. I always ask you every week, any cats need homes? Any cats need homes. Lots of cats <laughs> need homes. <laughs> is, is the number going up or going down? Um, unfortunately, the number is starting to go up. The warmer it gets, the more we see. So we're starting to see that increase. Pregnant cats and kittens are coming in daily now. Mm-hmm. Are they? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're going home too, so... You know, and again, I, I bring this concept up, and I've done it the last couple of weeks, and that is about being a, a foster. Anybody can be a foster, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they don't 
you know, they're not crazy or anything, but well, you, can, yeah. you can bring home, <laughs> but you will have people bring home the cats and they can have the kittens at home and then they can get them back for adoption. Yep. Yeah. It's a good way to just to get them out of the shelter while mm-hmm. they're growing up. So. so check out Cochico Valley Humane Society. Check out Cammy. Get Cammy a home. Thanks, Karen. Fantastic. Thanks. Have a good day. It's, it's I great. I bet that's a cute cross, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Brian does such a good job training. And, and, he does. And Karen is, um, she, you know, she just doesn't always cherry pick. But, yeah. but she does have favorites there during the week and says, you know what, this one should find a home. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening today. On behalf of Brian Kilcommons, I'm Dr. Jim McKiernan, and you have Sarah Wilson. Go out and enjoy the day. It is gorgeous. Check out MySmartPuppy.com. It thank really you. is a terrific website, and we'll see everybody next week. You've been listening to The Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.